Prayer. Do you look forward to a new year? Does anyone look forward to it? I know some people are just so happy to be rid of 2015, and it's just been a difficult year for some people. Uh, and, and for them, the, the, the looming new year is just something so exciting. It's a fresh start. It's a chance to make those promises to yourself that you never kept any year before that. Things like, I'm going to lose weight this year, and I'm going to stop doing this, and I'm going to eat less sugar, and I'm going to gym more, and I'm going to do those things. And it's the time for New Year's resolutions. Um, I want to encourage you, don't make New Year's resolutions, okay? They lead to disappointment and heartache. Um, Just resolve to do something and do it. Um, But making a resolution, I don't know. Maybe it's just me. I've never found that it works that well. But here's the thing. In speaking about prayer... I could be the only one in the room, but I don't think I am. Have you ever felt as though your prayers are just hitting a brick wall? As if you're you're talking and nothing's happening. It's like all you're doing is, is, is running through your thoughts and talking into a room and nothing seems to be changing. And it's been hours and it's been days and it's been weeks and it's been months and you've been praying into a situation and it looks exactly the same. Have you ever felt that? Because it leads to something. It leads to a sense of desperation. It leads to a sense of what's going on here. God, where are you? Confusion. What's happening? I'm going through something. Your word says to pray. I'm praying and nothing's changing. What's happening? I've gone through, honestly, months at a time when my prayers felt like they might as well be an SMS that you're sending to a random number. And you just hope that somehow it gets to God and that he's replies back to you. But it's just, okay, here goes, here goes, here goes. There's good news though, and this is for all of us. The Bible assures us that every prayer gets God's ear and receives an answer. Every single prayer gets God's ear. And the answer isn't always an answer we would like, We know there's really only going to be three answers that come from God, and that's going to be yes, no, or not now. Those are the three things that are going to come of the prayers that we we pray to God. But every single one of them gets answered, and no is an answer. I have trouble explaining that to my girls. Can I do this? No. Can I do this? No. Yeah, but can I do this? No. The only answer they understand is yes. And so when you get there, then you've answered the question. But as soon as, you know, any time before you get to the yes, it's not an answer. And it just drips in your ear until, all right, all right, you can have that. Go ask your mother or whatever it might be. But with God, no is an answer. That's the advantage, I suppose, of having his perspective on things. Prayer doesn't have to be a spooky Christian thing. You know, when I, immediately when I say, okay, I'm going to talk about prayer, I think people think about, okay, that means like quiet, meditating, finding a room, certain time of the day, doing it for a certain amount of time, uh, maybe adding fasting to it, and it's a long time, and it's really seeking God, and it's intense, and it's spiritual, and you're crying, and you're sweating, and it's hectic. Um, but you know what? It, prayer isn't a spooky thing at all. I want us as a congregation 
to step into this next year, having committed ourselves and our plans to God. And the best way to do that is simply through prayer. When we look at the year that stands ahead of us now, I think these batteries are not so happy. Ah, that's what people start to see. And I don't know about you, maybe some of you have scribbled in some appointments already and you've got a couple of things lined up for 2016. That, but, but for most of us, it's, it's pretty much a blank calendar. And we don't know what lies ahead of us. We don't know what 2016 holds. We don't know what could possibly happen. And for some people, that's an awesome thing. For some people, that's really exciting. For them, they see a blank calendar and it's like, man, this next year is the year. This is the year I've been waiting for. This is the year things are going to happen. Uh, so much can happen between this Christmas and next Christmas. Job changes, a promotion, maybe getting married, a big move, becoming pregnant or having a child, retiring, finishing school or varsity, starting a new chapter in your life, maybe a special anniversary or a big birthday, going on that holiday you've been saving up for. And 2016 for you looks like, hey, this is an exciting, adventurous thing that's coming along. And then you get the other kinds of people. And it's not such an exciting time. There are people that look at the blank spaces and they don't look as appealing. There's big changes, but they come with big uncertainties. Possible retrenchment a sick family member, financial struggles, another year of feeling lonely, a relationship that feels like it's falling apart. Hopefully, there will be a blend of those two things. Oh, good grief. Take me there. (laughs) This thing is not happening. Okay. But the reality is that both of us will see both of things. We'll see possibilities, excitement and adventure, and we're going to see things that are scary and we're not quite sure how to deal with them. I'm sure that if I had to come down there with a microphone and ask you, what's your biggest challenge for 2016? Many of you wouldn't need a long time to think about it. You would go, it's this thing. This is the biggest challenge. This is the biggest difficulty. This is the thing that, that I'm worrying about, that I'm stressing about the most. And it causes us, these things, to be anxious and to stress. When we think about them, I joke with Sarah sometimes about this, and uh, you'll understand that in a second. And I joke with her and I say (laughs) that she's just looking for things to stress about. And for her, you know, there's, there's, there's one big stress you know, that's coming up and maybe it's family staying with us or something like that or or it's planning an event or it's going on holiday or it's planning. There's some big thing. And I always think, oh man, after this thing, the stress level is just going to calm down in the house. This is going to be a good thing. But she is like a Pez dispenser because as soon as the one comes out, the next thing comes to the surface and, and that takes the place. And I think, now what's going on here? You know, as soon as this chapter's done, then it's, okay, now the next thing is this event. What am I going to do? How am I going to do this? Oh, that's done. Okay, I need to plan the children's birthday parties. Okay, that's done. Okay, it's Christmas now. Okay. You know, and it just, it just rises to the top all the time. Um, and the problem is you can actually carry these, these worries with you, and they can become an absolute burden to you, like carrying a heavy backpack. There's an old video which I was reminded of, which I want to show you. I don't want to skip past it. Cindy, I'm just going to ask you to go for it. That's amazing, right? We're going to try that after the service in the back there. 
22 bricks. But you know, that's what worry is like for us. And God knows this about us. It's like a weighing heavy thing on us. We worry about things that are coming down the road to meet us. And God knows the way that we're wired. But he's given us a simple way to actually take our worries and burdens and transfer them from our shoulders to his. And I want to speak a bit about that. And there's a few things that prayer does. And the first thing that prayer does is it brings stress relief. How many of you love that picture? You just want to be there now. Hey, this is the time. There's a verse that comes in there, the next slide. And it comes from 1 Peter 5 verse 7. It's quite a well-known piece of scripture, but it says this, cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. I thought it was someone wanting to come in. That's all right. <laughs> the word anxiety, cast all your anxiety on him. Anxiety is an interesting word because anxiety isn't about something that's happening now. Fear is something that happens presently. I fear what I'm going through. I fear what's happening right now. Anxiety is a future thing. Anxiety looks ahead before something's happened and begins to worry. You know what it's like. You try and prepare yourself and get ready for the worst. You know, you get that phone call from the boss and he says, come meet me in my office. Instantly, there's anxiety. What is this about? What's going to happen? What am I going to be spoken to about here? Even if it's a good thing and you know you haven't done anything wrong, it's just one of those things, that anxiety, the fear of what's going to happen in the future dominates your thoughts then. And the thing about worrying about the future is that most of the time, the things we worry about will never, ever happen. And uh, let's see if I can get to the next one. Now, here's the thing. I called it my worry pie. Because the stats people, the people that do the studies and ask the questions and all that sort of thing, they say that 8% of what you worry about actually happens. Some of you already can breathe a little bit easier. You know the stuff that you worried about with your job and your finances and your work and your marriage and all those kind of things? They say 8% of the stuff that you worry about actually happens. And about half of that is completely out of your control. Natural disasters financial crises, changing finance ministers, health issues, all that sort of thing. Those things are not in your control. And then there's a very small percentage of things that you worry about that actually do come to pass, which is maybe 3, 4, 5% of, this, of, of what you worry about. Be that as it may, the reality is we can still get anxious and about the uncertain future. And this verse tells us what to do when we feel like this. Cast your anxiety on Jesus. This isn't a trick thing now. How do we do that? Prayer. That's how we do it. It's that simple. You've got something that's making you anxious. You've got something that's on your mind. You've got something that's robbing you of your peace or your sleep. Cast your anxieties on Jesus. Simply pray about it. Include God in what's going on in your head. Now, we just did a study on the book of Philippians, and there's a portion there which I spoke on, but I want to mention the verses quickly again. Uh, it says there, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need. Thank Him for all He has done. And then there's a promise that's attached to that. You see, it's saying, if you can do that part, then this will happen. Then... 
You will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your heart and your mind as you live in Christ Jesus. Isn't that an awesome promise? Richard spoke about how the Bible is full of promises that are for us. Well, this is a promise for you. You anxious, you worried, cast it on Jesus. Don't be worried, pray. Isn't that awesome? Because then you can experience a peace that passes all understanding. I've had that peace. I've spoken to many people here. I spoke to someone today that had that peace. And, and he got a, a bad report um, about his mother and the doctor. And he just said there was a peace inside of him that it was just there. He never panicked. He never went negative. He was just, it's, it's like he knew. God's okay. God's got this. I can have peace with that. Isn't that an awesome thing? It relieves stress. The second benefit of prayer is actually found in the middle of the verse I just read. And it says there, tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Why on earth is that? Thank him for all he has done in the middle of verses about praying and worry. Have you ever wondered that? It's right in the middle there, tucked there. And here's the reason. Because thanking God gives us perspective. And that's what we so desperately need. You see, when you're anxious about something, it dominates you. It comes in the front of your mind, and that's the thing that you see. When you close your eyes to go to bed at night, that's the first picture you see. And it dominates your thinking. But when we can thank God, it brings perspective. Thanking God for what He has done puts your worries in their correct place which is next to a big God that is able to get you to the other side of your worries. I remember being in a financial situation a few years ago, us as a family, and that was the thing that was dominating my thoughts. You know, financial things are real things because you need money to basically do anything, right? You can't send your kids to school on goodwill and favors. Uh, You can't uh, eat if you don't have something to buy the food with. So so money is an important thing. But for us, it was a concern and a worry that that for me would just dominate my thoughts when I would lie there at night. What am I going to do? How is this going to work? And and we prayed for months. And we prayed about this thing. And and God, we know that we're in your hands. God, we know that we are in your plans. Um, We don't see the provision, but we know that it's coming. And I can honestly say that that verse... Uh, we, we have applied that in more than, more than once in situations in our lives where we have prayed, we thank God. Thank you that provision is coming. Thank you that you haven't left us out to dry. Thank you, God, that you've got us in your hand and you are making a plan right now. And I can tell you something. What that does instantly is it puts the problem over there and it puts God over here. And it puts your problems in its correct place. It gives you the perspective you should have on the things that are dominating your thoughts. When you can see how big and how great God is, how much He cares for you as a father, well, your problems don't seem as dominating and as scary. So prayer relieves stress and gives you perspective on your worries. The last thing about prayer is that, and here's an interesting thing, prayer brings success. Now, there's a a proverb which I love. And it comes from chapter 16 and verse 3. And it says this, Commit to the Lord whatever you do, and your plans will succeed. 
Now, looking ahead isn't all about worry and anxiety. All of us have got things we want to accomplish and achieve in 2016, and that's a good thing. This verse is clear. We need to have those plans. Those plans are important. The Bible doesn't say don't plan. Just, just live and hope things will happen. Just, just do things day by day. The Bible doesn't talk like that. It's very clear. It speaks about strategy and plans and making, making plans. But whatever plans we make, we hold them with an open hand, knowing that God may have a different plan that he wants us to walk with. So we make plans. That's an important thing. We have to make plans and we have to pray about them. It's not one or the other. See, some people pray, but they don't do anything. And some people act, but commit nothing to God. Now, for me, I probably err on that side. I like to just get going. And when things get tough, then I'll pray. Okay, God, I'm in a difficult spot now. Can you help me? But this verse is saying, commit your plans to God. The stuff that you want to do, the stuff that you want to achieve, the stuff that you want to see this coming year, Commit it to God. How do you commit it to God? Pray. That's how. It's so simple. We just commit it to God. God, this is what I'm thinking about this year. This is what I want to see for my farm. This is what I want to see for my business. This is what I want to see for my marriage in 2016. This is what I want to see in my children's lives in 2016. This is what I want to see for myself personally in the way that I am in my fitness, in the way that I'm eating, in the way that I'm treating my body. This is what I want to see in my friendships in 2016. God, I want to commit every single one of these things to you. And you know what? There's something about that that just honors God. Because it's not like I'm independent and I'm going on my own thing here and I'm just going to do it. And when I get stuck, I'll call on you for help, God. How many of you know that as a parent, you love it when your child includes you in a a conversation or discussion about something? Dad, I'm thinking about doing this. You know what? I'm going to pay for your lessons in the piano so you can get better at that. Oh, thanks, Dad. Oh, Dad, I want to learn chess. Well, let's get you into an extra lessons Uh, for chess so that you can improve in that. Do you know what I mean? When they include you, you can actually do something for them. Now, if Sash just came up to me and said, I want to do, she didn't say anything. She just wandered across the road and started playing chess with people. I can tell you, I'd be angry. Be like, you can't just walk across the road and go play chess with people. I never arranged it. The teacher doesn't know you're coming. Who are, you know, like, uh, you know, but all of a sudden when you commit your ways to God, God, this is what I want to do. We have to see him as a father because that's how he is. That's who he is. And so it's just, it just delights his heart when we as his children come to him and just commit what we are thinking to him. And he can say, oh, that's a great, here you go. There's some good stuff. This is going to help you there. And he can open doors and make a plan. St. Augustine said something which is also great. Pray as though everything depends on God. Work as though everything depended on you. Work hard pray hard. That's the bottom line of what he's saying. We don't just work hard. We don't just get on with our stuff. And we don't just sit there and pray and hope that God does everything for us. We do both. We work hard and we pray hard. And that combination is a fantastic thing. And the word commit there is what I mentioned earlier. It literally means to transfer a burden from your back to the back of someone who's stronger. That's what, that's what um, that word means. The word commit. And so when you commit your ways to God, that's what you're doing. You're saying, God, this is heavy. I'm worrying about this stuff. I'm worrying about 2016. I don't know what's going to happen in my marriage. You can commit your plans to God. You can put it on his shoulders and you can actually be okay knowing that he's strong enough to take those burdens from us and to help us to succeed. 
So in other words, this verse says, put your plans on God's shoulders and they will succeed. If your plans are committed and submitted to God, they may change here and there, but you will have success in them. Prayer is a good way to start the new year. It relieves stress, gives us perspective, and it brings success. So we're going we're gonna to end off, not today, but on, on Sunday, next week, we're going to pray. Uh, not into the new year. I'm not having a New Year's Eve service, so don't rock up here on the 31st, please. Not going to happen. You're going to be alone. Um, but we will pray on the 27th, and we will commit the year to God. We will commit ourselves to God. We will commit our relationships to God. We will, we, it's a good thing to move into the year having committed yourself to God, opening doors for the future and closing doors of 2015 that should be closed. Is this helpful? Cool. Great. Let's all, let's all stand. The Christmas service, as I mentioned, will be on the 25th this year, and we will be doing it at church. It'll be one hour. I want to encourage you as well. Feel free to invite people to this. It's completely open. It'll be less than an hour um, and I think it'll be a great place to come. If you're here in Hrafrenet on Christmas, come through for that. It'll be good. I want to pray just really briefly now because I spoke about a peace that comes from committing your plans to God. And that peace is awesome. Many of us in this room know that peace. When things around us have been chaos, but inside we feel a stillness and a peace. There is an even more incredible peace that is possible to have. And I don't feel like it would be right for me not to share about that. Because, you see, that's a peace that happens in circumstances when things are, things are chaos around us. But we can have peace that, set, that gets us from one place to another, from one place to another. There's a peace that's even deeper and even longer lasting than that peace. And that is the peace of having Jesus Christ as your Savior. You see, because then you're not going from situation to situation, situation to situation. You're actually going your whole life and knowing the end of the story. That God, at the end of this, no matter what happens, you and me are going to be together. At the end of this, there will be a relationship. At the end of this, I will be in your presence. At the end of this life, we will know each other. We will speak to each other. We will be together. And that peace is even deeper and more underlying than a situational peace. And it's possible to have that. And the way to have that is exactly the same way that I've been talking about. Prayer. You know, prayer is such a, that word is just so overcomplicated. Speaking to God. That's what it is. And so many of us have done exactly that. And we've spoken to God. And we've said, God, we want that peace. Lord, I want that assurance. I want to know that at the end of my life, it's not just going to be oblivion. It's not just going to be I'm going to float into the atmosphere and my spirit will wander around forever. But at the end of my life, when I've breathed my last, God, I know that I'm going into your presence. I'm going to be with you, the one who created me, the one who loves me, the one who knows me. That's where I'm going to be. And there's an awesome peace that comes with that.